morning, folks. And a very warm welcome to worship with Paisley St George's on Sunday the 29th of August. The youngsters are downstairs having fun and they are going to join us towards the end of this morning's service. And I don't know about you, but I am really looking forward to seeing the youngsters back in the church. There are a fair number of intimations this morning, so pin back your ears and listen well, please. Firstly, from the session, Clark, your church needs you. If you could help in any of the following duties or activities, we would be delighted. And these include bringing in, taking out of the Bible, welcoming the congregation at the doors on a Sunday, helping with the collection and the count after service, and the beadling duties. You don't need to be an elder. Anyone can help. Any training will be given in support of these duties. If interested, please let any of the session clerks know. The photographs from the Green Fingers and Wooden Spoon Club are now up on St George's Facebook page. What a talented group of people we have. And a big thank you to everyone who made that possible. Now, in the Outreach Centre, the first meeting of St George's Connect Hub will take place this Tuesday, the 31st of August, from 1.30 to 3 o'clock. This will take the form of a half-hour informal service of worship with tea and coffee, followed by a social time, and there'll be the opportunity to play board games, a comfy area where you can sit and have a chat over more tea and coffee. And this will take place every fortnight. Also, all of these are in the Outreach Centre. The Lighthouse Kids Club for Youngsters from Primary 2 to Primary 6 begins this Thursday from 4 o'clock until quarter past 5. On Saturday of this week, the Outreach Centre will be open as part of Doors Open Day. Stephen, have you got all your stewards and, that you need? Right, thank you. So Stephen is looking for some more volunteer stewards to help out between 10 and 4.30pm. So if you can help Stuart, Stuart at that, see Stephen who's upstairs working the cameras, etc. The Glenburn Heritage Group drop-in sessions run on Fridays between 2 and 4pm. And again, Stephen's trying to build a small team of members to come along and support anyone coming each week. Within the Cosy Side Street building, sorry, within the Cosy Side building, all sections of the BB have now started. Anchors for primary one to three, Tuesdays from six until 7.15. Juniors, primary four to six, Tuesdays seven till 8.30. Company and seniors, P7 to the end of secondary, Fridays from 7.30 until 9.30 p.m. The guides in the new ranger unit meets from 7.30 to 9pm on Thursdays. Rainbows begin this Thursday, the 2nd of September, from 6 until 7.15. Brownies this week begin this week at 6.30. And then for the folks that aren't quite so young, exercise classes are recommencing. The Friday class begins this Friday, the 3rd of September. Note the new time, 9.45 to 10.45 in the large hall. The Monday class begins on Monday the 13th of September from 1pm to 2pm in the downstairs hall. And these are all the intimations. All we bring today is part of ourselves, our words, your wisdom born in us, our song, your song alive in us. This is who we are today and we long to see who you will make us yet to be. Let's worship God in hymn 213 every new morning, hymn number 213.
And now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. We have gathered in this space and elsewhere to worship you, Lord God. Let us worship God, the creator of all living things, God who set the planets, the stars, and the galaxies in space. Let us worship God, the sun, our loving, living, dying, risen savior. Let us worship God, the Holy Spirit, who fills us, empowers us, and comforts us. So let us now draw close to Almighty God, focusing on his voice, pressing pause on the clamor of our world and the busyness of our lives. Let us take time to slow our minds and open our hearts in preparation to receive what God wants to give us today. So, Lord God, may we be open and honest before you and before one another. In Jesus' name we come and in his name we pray. And as we come before you, Lord, honestly and openly, we seek forgiveness for those times when we have hurt those closest to us. When we've been slow to listen, quick to speak, quick to anger. Forgive us, Lord, and fill our hearts with righteousness. For those times when we have hurt those whom we encounter, when we lose control of our tongues, forgive us, Lord, and fill our hearts with righteousness. For those times when we have hurt the weakest and most marginalized, when we take advantage of power, wealth, or status, forgive us, Lord, and fill our hearts with righteousness. For those times when we have hurt your creation, when we know how to care for it but fail to act, for those times when we have hurt you, when we seek ritual over faith, when we hear your call but do not act. Forgive us, Lord, and fill our hearts with righteousness. Forgive us, Lord, and help us reset our relationships that they may be filled with a love and compassion that reflects yours, the King of righteousness. And here is now as we pray together in the words Jesus taught, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now we turn to scripture which will read for us this morning by Ina. Good morning. Our readings this morning are taken from the New International Version of the Bible. Our first reading is from James chapter 1, verses 17 to 27. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. He does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits for all created. Listening and doing. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror 
after looking at themselves, goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. But whoever listens intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and the religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep them, keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Our second reading is from Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 8, then 14 to 15, and 21 to 23. That which defiles. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law had come from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the traditions of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash and they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with their defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right. He prophesied about your hypocrisies, uh, sorry, about your hypocrites, and it is written, these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commandment, commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Again, Jesus called the crowd and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. For it is from within, out of a, it, sorry, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come: sexual immorality, sorry, <laughs> theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside a defiled a person. May God add his blessing to the reading from his holy word. Thank you, Aina. We continue in our worship with hymn 153, Great is Thy Faithfulness, hymn 153.
our youth organisations are returning to face-to-face -face meetings. The youngsters are back in the building this morning and will be joining us later. It seems as if things are getting back to normal. And I'm sure that I'm not alone in praying that we will not need to move backwards. So I thank you all too for your forbearance with the fact that we are maintaining a one metre distance within the church building as we try to look after one another. So here we are at the beginning of a new session after 18 months like no other. We don't know what the future holds for us either as individuals, as a congregation, as a country. But this I do know, that no matter what tomorrow brings, God will be with us. And this morning, Aina has read for us two passages of scripture with lots in there to think about. So let's seek God's guidance as we think about these two passages. The first passage that Ina read from James says so much. Nine short verses. And in those nine verses, there are no fewer than 14 pieces of advice on how to live a life of faith, any one of which could be discussed at length. So it can be helpful to think of this passage, if you like, as an executive summary of what is to follow. James is setting out the ideas that he will develop later in his letter, some of which we may hear over the next couple of weeks. But this morning I would like us to focus on just a few verses of those seven verses before we go on to consider the teachings of Jesus. So in James, verse 21 calls the reader to examine their life, to remove the wrong that is in it, and to welcome the word that is planted in it. Many of us are here today because we love our Lord Jesus Christ. We love Jesus and we want to learn more of him and of his ways. Some of us may be here because we are curious, curious about church, curious about the people who come to church, curious about Jesus. That the seed of the word, the seed of the word is sown into the hearts of men and women through his prophets and his preachers, and above all, through Jesus Christ, God sows his truth into our hearts. God sows his truth into our hearts. And those who are wise, well, they'll receive it and welcome it. Knowledge, well, knowledge of the true word of God comes to us from the depths of our own being, from the spirit of God, the teaching of Christ, and human preaching. From inside and from outside come voices telling us the right way. And those who are wise will listen and obey. And in this passage, James is saying that there is an instinctive knowledge of good and evil in the human heart, whose guidance we should at all times obey. So in other words, listen to what your conscience tells you. Reading on, verses 22 to 25 demand actions from faith. And James, well, James presents us with two of the, word, the vivid word pictures of which he's such a master. First of all, he speaks of those who go to the church meeting and who listen to the reading and the expounding of the word and who think that listening has made them Christians. They've shut their eyes to the fact that what is read and heard in church must then be lived out. It is still possible to identify church attendance and Bible reading with Christianity. And as we attend church and read our Bibles, it's important to turn that to which we have listened into action. Because there is such a strong relationship between faith and action. And we all know the phrase about walking the walk, not just talking the talk. The final verse places stress on the importance of caring for the marginalised. The marginalised here are represented by orphans and widows. Now, James is sometimes criticised for making actions seem more important than faith. In this passage, James is thinking through the consequences of faith. 
and just how Christian life is transformed by faith in Christ. For if accepting the love of Jesus Christ does not change us, then have we really accepted Jesus? Do we really love him? James presents quite a striking summary of what a life lived in faith looks like. Followers of Jesus ought to control their tongue, put the teachings of Jesus into action, care for societies most marginalized, and guard against being stained by worldly ways, for we live in the world. So some good advice there for all of us. And then we turn to the gospel. We turn to the gospel where we hear of ritual hand washing. Now, having lived through a year and a half where hand hygiene has been even more essential for survival than usual, it might be tempting to think that the Pharisees and scribes have a bit of a point when they criticise the disciples for eating without washing their hands first. But it's important to remember that their concern is not in the interest of good sanitisation, but rather it's the ceremonial cleanliness that is uppermost in their minds. The scribes and the Pharisees, well, they had taken and they had codified thousands of regulations which would make or keep a person ritually clean. And washing hands in a certain way before a meal was one such rule. If the aim of these rules had been to keep the followers safe from illness, then that would have been different. It may be, it may well be that all of these rules were originally given and formulated for the well-being of people. But over the years, the tradition and the rules became the sole reason for these actions. Well, Jesus, he responds by calling them hypocrites, quoting from Isaiah, where the prophet bemoaned those who practice the rituals of religion by rote, without anywhere allowing it to enter into their hearts. I remember songs and choruses from when I was young, like, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Some of these choruses can leave us with the impression that faith simply boiled down to a set of rituals and practices, which so long as performed faithfully, would need to have no huge impact on life. But here, well here Jesus clearly speaks against falling into that trap. Religious practices are well and good if they help turn our hearts towards God and others. But it's essential to ensure that the tradition does not become our idol, rather than the focus being God. A life of faith must be so much more than religious observance. Jesus then turns from the scribes and Pharisees to the whole crowd, making what would have been a shocking claim that there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile but the things that come out are what defile. William Barclay described this as well nigh the most revolutionary passage in the New Testament. For in it, Jesus goes against centuries of tradition and countless scriptures of law, which makes provision for what foods and objects are clean or unclean, and instead declares that it is not physical matter such as food, that can be clean or unclean, but rather it's human hearts. It's worth stopping for a moment and imagining being part of that crowd. Being part of the crowd, having lived with the teachings, the traditions and laws, all of which formed your understanding of faith. And then, then hearing Jesus sweep all that aside and proclaim that it's not what really matters. It must have been a lot to take in. I wonder what traditions and practices that we hold dear, which we would find as difficult to see past. Perhaps after this gap of being unable to worship continually in church, perhaps as we come together as St George's and worship returns to normal, we might think about some of our traditions.
the traditions of the former Glenburn and the former Stowbray. And as we think about of these, to think about what really matters. Over the past two or three weeks, we've begun standing for the Bible being brought in and out of the sanctuary. Why do we do this? We do this as a mark of respect for the Word of God. That's why we stand for the Bible coming in. But it does also, in a practical way, mark the start of worship, the offering to God of our prayers and our praise. It encourages us to focus on God, on listening for his word to us. The word as we hear it read in scripture, the word that I share with you, and perhaps most of all, the word that the Spirit speaks into our hearts. The word that we will put into action for as Christians, we are called to love and serve God, often by loving and serving others. And to do that, well, to do that demands empathy. And it can be hard, it can be very hard for us to put ourselves in the place of others, to see things as they see them, and to understand the daily battles that sometimes make up their lives. Especially when people and their lifestyles are very different from our own. Compassion and empathy spring from really beginning to walk with others and to see their pain as being our pain. And it's this kind of compassion that will lead us to question the status quo and to challenge unjust structures wherever we see them. It's this kind of compassion that can lead us, that can lead to real change in the world. As I was writing this on Thursday, there were warnings of a terrorist attack as the situation at Kabul airport worsened as the desperate people tried to get out of Afghanistan before the end of the month. Well, as we know, the attacks came to pass. Lives were lost, people injured. And this morning, there are fears that other attacks will take place. What must it be like for the people in Afghanistan? What must it be like to leave everything you have known and to run? To run, not knowing where you'll end up, or what your life will be like. How can our words about the people of Afghanistan turn into practical welcome and support? But let's think of Jesus. For Jesus was often found enjoying hospitality, usually with those who'd found disapproval in society. He owned nothing, lived simply, and challenged those whose lives were based on material goods those whose hearts were in the wrong place. As a child, well, Jesus himself had been a refugee before he was two years old when Mary and Joseph, warned of the murderous intentions of Herod, fled. They fled for their lives with Jesus. He lived his early years in another country. But as we think of so many situations around the world, the actions of many of our leaders often do not appear to match up to their rhetoric. Sometimes we notice, sometimes they're called out about it, but at other times we shrug and we say, well, that's what politicians do. At the moment in Afghanistan, promises have been made by the Taliban concerning the role of women in society and the kind of government they will employ. And this is a matter of serious importance that could alter the rights that women currently enjoy. In a situation where the West has very little leverage over the decisions to be taken, the world is watching, watching to see how far the words about inclusion will be supported by actions and choices. At home, well, the consequences of a lack of integrity in the lives of politicians may not seem crucial. However, it damages the whole of society if we too readily accept that talk is never matched by the walk. In our own lives, we often promise more than we can deliver. In a world where so many voices compete for our attention, it is often hard to stay true to our calling 
and true to the radical intentions of the gospel and of the kingdom of God. Sometimes, sometimes what is asked simply seems too hard for us. And we say words that are not backed up in changed lives. There is a call to root ourselves more deeply in the word of God. To root ourselves more deeply in the word of God and to feed our intentions with openness to God's empowering spirit. To do our best to put our faith into action. To be changed by the love of Jesus. To walk the walk as well as talk the talk. Amen. Now, as we've been thinking of how we live out our faith, and as I want to give the youngsters a bit more time downstairs, I'd like to take you on an imaginary bus journey. And in this journey, we're going to offer thanksgiving to God for those to whom we relate. So I invite you to sit comfortably and close your eyes. And there will be times of silence throughout this reflective prayer. So, imagine you are boarding a double-decker bus. You pay your fare or you show your bus pass. You climb to the top deck and you take a seat at the back beside the window. Take a moment to look at your fellow passengers. Like countless people every day, you do not know them, yet you share a moment of life together. Take some time to imagine their faces. Look at each one and say in your heart, they are made in God's image. They are made in God's image. Thank you, God, for fleeting relationships, for those whom we encounter in passing every day. Take a moment now to look down to the pavement. There, walking past, is someone you don't get on with, someone you find difficult, someone you dislike. Take some time to picture their face Think about what went wrong between you. Look at them and say in your heart, they are made in God's image. Thank you, God, for these people, for they too are your children. Now turn your head and take a moment to look out the opposite window. The bus is passing a woodland, a nature area. Take some time to picture the things you enjoy. The plants, the animals, the scenery, the weather. Look at it and say in your heart, God saw that this was good. God saw that this was good. Thank you, God, for your creation, for the wonderful gift you entrust us to care for. The bus arrives at your front door. Take a moment to picture all the people that pass through that door. Friends, family, those with whom you laugh and cry. Take some time to recall those dearest to you. Look at them and say in your heart, they are made in God's image.
Thank you, God, for the gift of love, for family, for friendship, for companions on the way. And now you slowly disembark the bus and step out into the world. Keep in me, God, a thankful heart. Amen. And now we continue in our worship in a hymn that I think is new to us. We're going to sing it, though, to a tune that should be familiar. We're going to sing it to tune Dream Angus. It's hymn 265, Pray for a World, hymn 265. choir sing our anthem, our offerings will be brought forward.
If the children are outside, I think they should come in rather than stand out there. Come on. Hiya. Because they are part of our church. And how they've grown. How good it is to see you. And I'm going to talk to you in a few minutes. But what we're going to do now is... Some of the grown-ups have just brought our offerings forward and we're going to say a prayer to dedicate those and then Ina's going to come and do our prayers for others. So, do you think for a few minutes you can listen really carefully? Yeah, I'm sure you can. So, let's pray. Lord, bless these our offerings laid before you. Bless the offerings made through the bank. Bless our offerings of time and of skills. And grant wisdom, we pray, to all who have responsibility for the use of these monies of time and talents offered. May all we offer be used to put our faith into action. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I ask Aina to come and lead us in prayer. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, you have brought us here together today, be that in person in this building or by some other means. We take this time to still ourselves from our daily lives and ask that a reading earlier, do a reading earlier asked us to do, to listen more and act a lot as we bring you our prayers for ourselves and others. We pray ourselves as part of your church pays the St George's and give thanks for all the works that are ongoing on a daily basis to bring us to be one church in your name and spreading the joy of your word and work in our local community and beyond. We give thanks for all our organisations and groups that are able to start back due to the relaxing of the COVID regulations and also on those that are considering returning in the not too distant future. We ask your blessing on those attending the events and those leading them in your name. We give thanks for our Minister Vary and ask your blessing on her and Jim and all the family as she continues to do your work in her, in her own quiet and unintimidating manner, spreading your word and work in our community, whether that be on a sun, in Sunday morning worship or a kind word at the gate or a phone call just when you need it, I don't know how she knows, but she does. We also give thanks for our Kirk session, and especially we ask your blessing on our session clerk, Graham Allison, and his wife, Laura, Laura, as they start in the next part of their journey, preparing for their new life in the Scottish borders. We pray for all who are involved in the ongoing work of our church in any way, and for those for whatever reason have caused them to come to church today or any day or to listen to our service. We pray for our Queen and her family. We pray for our Parliament, for the MPs and MSPs and trust that they will be guided by you in their daily business and understanding of what is going on currently, not only in our country but also in the wider world. We ask your blessing on all of the people of Afghanistan during this time of uncertainty those trying to flee from their home country to a new country for what they hope will be a peaceful and better way of life for them and their families. We pray for those that are left behind for whatever reason and trust that you will be with them all and show them the correct path for truth and justice. We pray for our armed forces, those who have been tasked with assisting in the evacuation of Kabul and pray that they will you will give them grace and understanding to assist as many as they can. As the evacuation comes to an end, we ask that you remain with our armed forces personnel and show them that you care and understand the frustration that not everyone could be given the chance of a way out 
and for the loss of life at the airport. We also pray for the families that have rejoiced with the birth of two babies on evacuation flights and give thanks for new life in the most strangest of circumstances. We pray for our NHS, police service and fire service and ask again that you be with them during this time, especially as the COVID numbers are rising and they go about their business. And we also remember their families who sometimes have to be put second to their chosen careers. We pray for those that can't be with us today for whatever reason, be that they're too scared to leave their homes, ill health, or they've just lost their way in life and just feel helpless. Be with them this day and give them the courage and understanding that you will always be with them and that help and support is just a call away. Remind us also that sometimes we need to take the first steps in making that call or sending a text and asking, how are you? Let's take a few moments to think of others and what we can do or could do. Lord, show us the way to do your will and your work as best we can. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Aina. I'm actually glad that you're, boys and girls, that you're up here for this next hymn, for the whole of it, because it's I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. So it's really good that everyone in the building is here to sing this. So we're going to sing hymn number 204, I am the church, you are the church. And I think there's some actions we can do for this and we'll try and pick them up as we go through it. So hymn number 204, I am the church, you are the church. to see all you folks. It's been such a long time 
and we've really, really missed you. What have you been doing since you were here last, apart from growing? <laughs> what have you been doing? Anything exciting? No? Okay. Yes? What have you been doing? You've been playing. Oh, that's good. You've been playing. You went on holiday. Wow. Twice? Three holidays. Okay, so we're... Okay. Some of us haven't managed one yet. I've managed. I've been away. Let me see if I can remember now some of the names. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get them all. And I'm getting feedback from that microphone when I come a bit forward. So let me think. Because I think some of you have grown up so much. Mm. And the children don't have name badges on the help that the teachers do. That's not fair. Let me see what I can do. But if I can't remember your name, will you help me out? Alexander? I'm sorry, I can't. Evan? Is it Miller? Oh my goodness, Miller. You've grown. Murray? Freya? Hayley, Ben, Fraser. One of you's Innes and one of you's Joss. Joss? Is it, is it No, am I wrong? Yeah, not Joss. Is it Joss? Jo. Joseph. Is it Joe? It's Joe and Innes. And then Luke and Jack. Okay, so Jack, Luke, Innes? No, Joe. Ennis, Fraser, Ben, Haley, Freya, Murray, Miller, Evan, and Alexander. I'll try. Oh. Now, can you remember my name? Well done, Vary. That's right. Now, we have a new name. Does anyone know what it is? St. George's, yes, because two churches joined together, didn't they? Glenburn. The old church name for the folks that were here was Stowbury, and the other church, the church that joined, the other church that joined with Stowbury is Glenburn. So it's Glenburn and Stowbury have joined together to make this bigger, better church called St. George's. There are lots of new things happening. Have have you got a new name for your groups here? Not yet, not yet. So you're going. They didn't have a boys' brigade company. Sorry, Glenburn, former Glenburn didn't have a BB company. So you can talk about that later. But we're all together now at St George's, and it's really hard to remember our new names sometimes. Because I remember when I was first married, how hard I found to remember my new name. But lots of things are starting again. The BB, Rainbows, Brownies and Guides have all started again. And we hope that the Girls' Brigade will soon be able to start either in the Outreach Centre or Bushy's Primary School. At your school? Yeah, I thought it might be. Uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. There is also on Thursdays at the Outreach Centre a Lighthouse Club, which is for boys and girls in Primary 2 to Primary 6. So... I don't know. Be a surprise to me as much as to you. I know what you're thinking about. Uh -huh. But out, Lighthouse Group, Lighthouse Club, Primary 2 to Primary 6, in the Outreach Centre, Thursdays from 4 to quarter past 5. There are lots of things planned, and Murray, I don't know if Ice Cream Sunday's one of them. I'm not sure quite what we're going to be doing, but lots of things are planned, and we do look forward to seeing you with us every week. So, am I going to see you next week? Yeah. What should I bring with me next week? I <laughs> oh. Do you know, I'd love to, but I think if I brought ice cream by the time I got it, it would be melted. So it wouldn't be very good. I'll try and bring my, I'll try and bring my bag. Yeah. That's the other thing. I might have to eat it to save it melting, Hayley. It wouldn't melt, I'd eat it, all right, okay. So, but we so look forward to seeing you week by week. So, let's, let's pray. Let's close our eyes, clasp our hands, and do you want to say the prayer after me? We thank you, Lord, for our friends. We thank you that we are back in church. 
We thank you for the fun we have had and the food we will share. Amen. So we're going to close our service with a short hymn. Are you good at singing fast? You need to be, because we're going to sing You Shall Go Out With Joy, and we're going to sing it three times, and each time Alan's going to play it faster, and you can clap your hands along with it. So hymn number 804, You Shall Go Out With Joy. Give us eyes to see afresh the beauty of relationship. Give us ears that are quick to listen. Give us mouths that are slow to speak. Give us hands whose actions are compassion. Give us to feet, feet to walk only for you, to walk only with you. And give us a heart to know and share the blessing of God, that the whole world may be transformed. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore.